November 8, 2002. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs> Thank you. 
Watt from Pedro's show. November 8, 2002 edition here in Pedro. It's rainy and gray and had to abbreviate my pedaling because it was coming down on me. Kind of worn out. I didn't get to pedal much last eight days because I've been playing gigs. Um, glad to be back. Sounds like a chopper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's my guest. Special guest in the studio. Joining me and Brother Matt is Miss Petra Hayden. How are you, Petra? I'm good. And that was something you did from your first solo record, Imaginary Land, right? Well, yeah. What's it called? That was called the Miranda Sex Garden Song. It, it has a real name to it, but I um, I didn't get the name in time, so um, I just decided to call it the Miranda Sex Garden Song because that's the band that that did it. I I watched this movie called Delusion, and I saw there was a scene in that movie where that song was in it and it's all their voices but with other instruments too and I I just said to myself I have to record that I I have to record that so I just went in to um, Poop Alley Studios this was like six years ago or seven seven years ago and I, I said okay track one la 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 or I did la 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 and then I did like double triple and then that's almost 16 tracks, or it's probably about 10. <laughs> now it's from this record, Imaginary Lad. Who's on the cover here? Um, that's Imaginary Bear. <laughs> um, Imaginary Bear is um, a stuffed animal pink bear that belongs to my sister Tanya. And she found it. Um, years ago at my mom's house and she picked it up and said, where did we get this bear? And then all of a sudden it came to life. She was holding it and all of a sudden imaginary bear spoke and said, what are you talking about? What do you mean where did you get this bear? I'm imaginary bear for crying out loud. I'm, I'm from imaginary land. And then he started getting all angry and I was like, whoa, that's imaginary bear? And then um... <laughs> And then I was asking Imaginary Bear all these questions, like, where, what is Imaginary Land like? And, and who else lives in Imaginary Land? And he was saying stuff like, Imaginary Land is a, is a very beautiful place, very sweet and very, very peaceful. And there, there's, it rains, uh, Rain or uh, gumdrops, and there's ice cream, and just everything great about Imaginary Land. So this is what my record is about: is basically Imaginary Bear and Imaginary Land. Do you plan a f follow up? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, I've been. People ask me that a lot, actually, um, to do another Imaginary Land, but with, like, beats and and stuff, uh, actually. Word. <laughs> no words, but um, um, actually in... No, just one. Uh, what? Just a word. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're doing... Uh, 
a project I kind of asked you to do uh, a cappella version of the Who sell uh-huh. out. Yeah. And you're halfway done with that. Yeah. And we'll play the whole thing when you get done. Yeah, yeah. Here. I can't wait. It's but so you fun. Did, you did just record with uh, Bill Frizzell. Yeah. I met him. Did you bring stuff to that? Um, oh, no, but you gave me a copy, so we'll play a little of that later. Yeah. Yeah, I brought you. I should have brought you. How'd you, you meet him? Copy. Um, I was playing a gig with Alicia Rose, Miss Murgatroyd. We had done recorded a record yeah we got that we'll play some of that together later. and he came to this club to see us and um the one of the people that worked in the club said oh uh, bill frizzell is here to see you and i said oh wow and i i he introduced himself to me and he's played with my dad a long time ago and was just curious to see what i was doing and he loved it and then all of a sudden um he asked me to to record stuff for him and we um all of a sudden decided to record this record and we played a couple shows um the Harry Smith project and at UCLA at Royce Hall this was like 3 3 years ago um we sung or I to your wreck what after your wreck oh yeah yeah <laughs> this was after my wreck. Um, rectum. <laughs> <laughs> so I sang um, a Carter family song with him called Single Girl, Merry Girl. Oh, you're doing Carter songs this Sunday at the Lady Fest. Yeah, huh? with my sisters. The Hayden girls. The, yeah, the Hayden, Hayden sisters. sisters. <laughs> We were going to be called the Hayden Triplets, and then we thought, no. But you are triplets. Yeah, we are triplets. Not the identical kind, but the fraternal Yeah, fraternal. fraternal. Rachel looks a lot like me, but... Yeah. Tanya's a little different. Tanya's different. She's cello player. Yeah. Rachel bass player. Yeah. And your violin. And you brought your violin. We're going to have some jams. Yeah, it's out of tune. I have to tune it. Yeah, well, we'll get that together, and then... uh, during Brother Matt's spin cycle, a little collab. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I brought my slide whistle, too. Right. <laughs> Where did it go? So, all kinds of neat things. We started off with John Coltrane with the uh, Jerome Kern song, I'm Old Fashioned, off Blue Train. And then we heard uh, Miranda Sex Band song <laughs> off Marriage and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you picked a song here that we're going to listen next by something by Michael Hedges. Yeah. This is a song that I would listen to like during high school um, in my headphones um, on the way, like taking the bus to school. I, I would listen to the song because it just made me feel calm. But actually, this is a playful sounding song, but um, it still is really pretty to me. Okay, um, here it is, Michael Hedges, Watt from Pedro Show.
They put flowers on your grave, Jean Benet. They put flowers on your grave, Jean Benet. The police, they ask them. The papers, they ask them. The parents, they ask them. But you can never ask them to put flowers on your grave, Jean-Benet. They put flowers on your grave, Jean-Benet. The papers exhume you from your little grave. They pull you. All they want to do is to poke around your mouth. Yeah.
they, all of them, know. Ask the sidewalk painters of Paris. Ask the sunlight on a sleeping dog. Ask the three pigs. Ask the paper boy. Ask the music of Donizetti. Ask the barber. Ask the murderer. Ask the man leaning against a wall. Ask the preacher. Ask the maker of cabinets. Ask the pickpocket or the pawnbroker or the glassblower or the seller of manure or the dentist. Ask the revolutionist. Ask the man who sticks his head in the mouth of a lion. Ask the man who will release the next atom bomb. Ask the man who thinks he's Christ. Ask the bluebird who comes home at night. Ask the peeping Tom. Ask the man dying of cancer. Ask the man who needs a bath. Ask the man with one leg. Ask the blind. Ask, yes, ask the man with a lisp. Ask the opium eater. Ask the trembling surgeon. Ask the leaves you walk upon. Ask a rapist or a streetcar conductor and an old man pulling weeds in his garden. Ask a bloodsucker. Ask a trainer of fleas. Ask a man who eats fire. Ask the most miserable man you can find in his most miserable moment. Ask a teacher of judo. Ask a rider of elephants. Ask a leper, a lifer, a lunger. Ask a professor of history. Ask the man who never cleans his fingernails. Ask a clown or ask the first face you see in the light of day. Ask your father. Ask your son and his son-to-be. Ask me. Ask a burned-out bulb in a paper sack. Ask the tempted, the damned, the foolish, the wise, the slavering. Ask the builders of temples. Ask the men who have never worn shoes. Ask Jesus. Ask the moon. Ask the shadows in the closet. Ask the moth, the monk, the madman. Ask the man who draws cartoons for the New Yorker. Ask a goldfish. Ask a fern shaping to a tap dance. Ask the map of India. Ask a kind face. Ask the man hiding under your bed. Ask the man you hate the most in this world. Ask the man who drank with Dylan Thomas. Ask the man who laced Jack Sharkey's gloves on. Ask the sad-faced man drinking coffee. Ask the plumber. Ask the man who dreams of ostriches every night. Ask the ticket-taker at a freak show. Ask the counterfeiter. Ask the man sleeping in an alley under a sheet of paper. Ask the conquerors of nations and planets. Ask the man who has just cut off his finger. Ask a bookmark in the Bible. 
as the water dripping from a faucet that while a phone rings. Ask perjury. Ask the deep blue paint. Ask the parachute jumper. Ah, ask the man with the bellyache. Ask the divine eyes so sleek and swimming. Ask the boy wearing tight pants in an expensive academy. Ask the man who slipped in the bathtub. Ask the man chewed by the shark. Ask the one who sold me the unmatched gloves. Ask these and those I've left out. Ask the fire, the fire, the fire. Ask even the liars. Ask anybody you please, any minute you please, on any day you please, whether it's raining or whether the snow is there, or whether you're stepping out onto a porch yellow with warm heat. Ask this, that, ask the man with bird shit in his hair, 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 hair. ask the torture of animals. Oh, yes, ask the man who has seen many bullfights in Spain, ask the owners of new Cadillacs. Ask the famous, ask the timid, ask the albino and the statesman. Ask the landlords and the pool players, ask the phonies, ask the hired killers. Ask the bald men and the fat men and the tall men and the short men. Ask the one-eyed men, the oversexed and undersexed men. Ask the men who read all the newspaper editorials. Ask the men who breed roses. Ask the men who feel almost no pain. Ask the dying. Ask the mowers of lawns and the attenders of football games. Ask any of these or all of these. Ask, 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 and they'll all tell you. A snarling wife on the balustrade is more than a man can bear. Lot from Pedro Show. There's Mr. Bukowski, Mr. Charles Bukowski, reading some of his poetry. That's called They All of Them Know. And I played the whole thing because I got some weak version that only had like the first 30 seconds I played on a show back, a couple shows back. And so I respect to the poet I had to find the real one Brother Matt came to the rescue with that and now I can share it with y'all him and his uh, perspective on the world in our dilemmas and the mysteries and the questions but you know what actually we all know just gotta ask How's it going when, when there, something's revealed and something else concealed? When something's concealed, something else revealed? Yeah, it's a Masonic uh, proposition. Uh, Is that the way it's it goes? It's a part of the human condition. Uh, even Heisenberg talks about it in his uncertainty, pro, um, uncertainty principle that you can't, to understand some things, you have to hide some things. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the electron. You can't know where it is and know how fast it's going. You interfere with your measurement especially when you're dealing with things that are really fast or really tiny. But that could go for all kinds of stuff. Part of the problem, I think, is just the way we come to understand things is by trying to take them apart, label them, you know, stuff like that, to comprehend and make sense out of it. Another part is uh, 
just uh, the whole difficulty with words, period. Sometimes I ask myself, can I have an idea that's not attached to a word? And you know ideas had to be here before words. Mm. Wittgenstein explored that, problems and stuff. Like Thomas More said something to him like, look, you're, you're playing games with this uh, semantic stuff, you know? I know that's a tree, and Wittgenstein argued, no, you can only believe that's a tree. So the word game. Uh, before Bukowski, we had Pointy Kitty with Go, Miss Coco Puss, new band. Inquiring Minds by Eyes Adrift. I just did five gigs with Eyes Adrift. That's Kirk Kirkwood, Chris Novoselic, and Bud Gow. And that's why I'm a little worn out, but they were fun gigs. I played with the second man, my Pedro guys, Pete Mazich, Jerry Trepetich, and uh, they were some neat gigs. Only five of them were with those cats. I did uh, Pumpkinhead, you know, on Halloween. And, then I played in Pedro with the reggae guys, punking out with Nels and Kevin and my fifth Stooges band. Yeah. Um, the reggae band was here, uh, Friolas Negros, Pedro guys. It was at the Sheraton. How was it down there? It was a ballroom and it sounded crummy. You know, uh, I had a lame PA, but people had good spirit, especially for Pedro. Uh, you know, and the guys in the band were really up. Although there was some fear, like no one was, would take solos. Finally, towards uh, the end, I started playing solos on the bass. I mean, in reggae, that's ridiculous. But, uh, these guys just wouldn't go for it. There was maybe because they set up so wide. They're not like me and my second man or my, uh, other, my bands, where I get right up on my guys. You know, they set up really wide, so I think they feel alienated. How many dudes in the band? Well, there's like four or five that practice regularly, and then these guys who show up for gigs, you know, conga. Sax players, uh, especially with that horn too, man. That cat. Uh, what's his name? God, I can't think of it right now. But uh, you got to practice. You got to be there because, man, you're using. It's almost like singing, right? You're not pushing buttons or plucking strings. So, especially when the singer sets you up or the rhythm section sets it, ramps it all up for the solo, and then nobody dives uh, in. I mean, it's. There were some holes there big enough to throw most of Cali in, man. I couldn't believe it. You know, but yeah, I still think they did good. I played the whole gig with a rubber skull head on, so there wasn't a lot of air there. But it, in some ways, it was a lot easier than the pumpkin head because the pumpkin, it was hard. You know, where this was rubber, and also I didn't have to spiel. I just played the bass in that band. Mm -hmm. I didn't have all the runny pumpkin seed and stringy shit in my <laughs> mouth either. No skin care treatment. But the rubber's funky <laughs> on your skin. It, it's trippy. Then, uh, you know, like I said before, I went up with um, my second man cats and played these Eyes of Drift gigs. Perfect weather up north. Uh, San Rafael, San Francisco. It's really nice. And uh, first time I played San Rafael in like 11 or 12 years. Wow. In a long time at that pad. It was the same pad, New George's. And um, kind of crummy sound. We blew up the monitors. Some cat named Blaze. The tallest Chris. Tall cat. But just starting. So they're just getting that pad off the ground again. And I hope to play up there more. And then the next night was Bottom of the Hill, which is a great place to play in the city, in San Francisco. And I had a really good gig. Probably the best gig of the five. And... Uh, the next morning, uh, we stayed at Kenny and Lisa's. Lisa Rowan used to live in Pedro. She's been up in San Francisco now like eight years. And her 
and Kenny have bikes. Although hers is a tricycle, a big <laughs> one. So me and Pete borrowed the bikes, and we uh, pedaled over to uh, Gowan Tur- Turk, which is um, this place, uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church, and upstairs in one of the rooms is where they have um, St. John Will I Am Coltrane uh, African Orthodox it's a new location. Church. Yeah, they're no longer on Divisadero. And, you know, I've seen the place... You know, the old church many times went by it for years and years, but it was never time when it was right to catch the service. So this was at noon. Me and Pete sit down there. This cat, maybe late teens or early 20s, comes in and blows on a cock shell three times. Then he gets behind this drum set and starts playing beat. Uh, not like gospel straight four or two four stuff, it was swing, six eight. You know? so he sets his beat. And this lady comes in and starts playing bass guitar. Sits down right here. This cat comes out on the tenor, maybe a little more at my age. And then these ladies come in with, with little kids and stuff, and there's microphones, and they start singing. Great day. You know. But the, the, it's trippy. The way they're singing isn't like gospel. They're singing to uh, Coltrane melodies. Same kind of bending, uh, same kind of rhythm. Stuff and all of a sudden, the Archbishop uh, Franzo Wayne King comes in, you know, in a frock, just like a Catholic priest, you know, with a hat and the whole deal. And he's got a tenor sax, and he starts playing, you know, and, and moving around, dancing and stuff. And they start wailing up into uh, Africa, a gold train tune. And um, I mean, it's like a static and. Like a revival thing in a way, you know. But it's Coltrane music, and the little kids are dancing, and they're all, all the ladies are singing, and the guys too. And the archbishops lead them all. He, he sing and play, and uh, wild like ecstatic, you know, like dervishes almost. Man, it got up no fever thing. And then they went on to a couple of tunes uh, from Love Supreme, most of Love Supreme, and Lot, and then they did Lonnie's Lament. And, I mean, it must have been like two hours of straight jamming. Wow, righteous. Right at the beginning, you know, he sees me and Pete sitting there. And uh, Archbishop, he goes, uh, let's get to work. And uh, has me and Pete clapping, you know, standing up. I mean, the whole thing, I'd never been to a church thing like this. And uh, only towards the very end, he did some preaching. And he read a little from the gospel about the uh, debate between Jesus and the Heridians about, you know, what should we pay Caesar? Is it lawful to pay Caesar? And Jesus said, no. Render unto Caesar's what Caesar's. Uh. There's no fire and brimstone, no guilt, stuff like that, just a little something like that. Most of it was uplifting, talking about John Coltrane is uh, sort of like John the Baptist, whereas, like, a cat had to come by to prepare people, wake them up. Mm. And that's the way he saw John Coltrane's horn. I guess it's in the 60s he saw John Coltrane playing and had a profound moment. Wow. And uh, epiphany and went into this preaching stuff and. Uh, you know, I couldn't. His wife was like the main singer. Man, what a voice this lady had! And uh, it was a trip for me. You know, uh, usually uh, my experience growing up Catholic and stuff, it's, it's very ordered and uh, regulated, set up, sit down. And uh, one guy running the show, kind of. Uh, you know, and everyone quiet and listen. And this was um, completely opposite. In fact, some people brought instruments and they'd come up and jam too, right. like uh, solos. 
he'd point them out, he'd come up, and one guy played a violin, to John Coltrane, all the voicings and figures, it was trip. You could tell everybody was totally tuned in. And, and, and it wasn't people in berets and uh, sweaters and stuff. I mean, these looked like regular uh, folks, especially the, the ladies and the kids. They could have been in any church. And you wouldn't think they would be so into John Coltrane's music, you know. And then, of course, John Coltrane talked about, especially at the end of his life, how spiritualism was a big part of his music, you know. I think a lot of people looked at it as like some crazy uh, avant-garde, uh, obscure, arcane kind of thing, detached from everything, and, uh, you know, not rooted in whatever, something that regular people could understand, but that was definitely not the case here, man. These people were hooked onto it like he was, his music was just flowing through him like voltage. So Catholic trip tried to clamp you down, and that trip was like opening you up. Yeah, totally. In fact, it was strange. Uh, They did, in some of the lyrics in the songs and in the prayers, they would say prayers with the music, but uh, along with the melodies and the phrasings. And they they mentioned some Catholic stuff. So he looked like he was taken from all kinds of traditions. Uh There was, uh, at that little altar, sort of, there was uh, like Russian icon, you know, where they paint on the wood. They had a black Jesus, a black Madonna and child, and they had a picture of John Coltrane with his, his sax, you know, and fire coming out. And uh, it was a trip, you know, like he, uh, Archbishop Franzo Wayne King, he, he, he was taken from all kinds of traditions. And like I said, uh, he wasn't really putting down things. He wasn't making people feel bad about things they might have done wrong or anything. He was accentuating another part of it, like wake up and there's uh, aliveness and uh, uh, spirit is in the heart of uh, for life and love and this kind of thing and not uh, be fearful and all this kind of thing, which you could tell there was definite Pentecost tradition, you know, the way it was like, you know, this is alive in here and not just abstract in words and mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there wasn't this kind of thing with uh, make, trying to make you feel bad or guilty or, or, or fear a big judgment. I didn't get that at all, and he, he wasn't spieling it. They do it every Sunday up there? Yeah, at noon. And it was almost three hours, And but it went by like that. It was such a trip, you know. It was pr- pretty profound on me. I, I never... <laughs> I had never seen the, I mean, John Coltrane's music's always touched me, and it's always special when I hear it. And but to see it channeled that way was such a trip. And them little kids, too. You know, they're not, it just shows you music in its essence, you know, it doesn't have to be explained. Mm-hmm. Huh? You can just reach out. Just catch the fever. Wow, I, it was mind blowing for me. It really was, you know, all these years. I wish I could have seen it, but I guess it wasn't my time. No wine before it's time. So, you ever heard of this place, Petra? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Uh, now, you picked a record here we're going to play next. Mr. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And tell us about that. Um, well, he's one of my favorite singers, and... Um, I'm really influenced by him because he he sings out and and um, he sings from his heart and that's what I I strive to do like especially when I play 
or sing live, um, I always get a little nervous, and I know that's natural, but um, he, I just admire him so much of just how, just even the lyrics and, and um, his music is just so beautiful to me, and the record that I'm doing with Bill Frizzell, um, we, I, I actually chose a song called I Believe, I think it's called I Believe, see, I'm so bad with names, um, but, well, this one you're going to play here is, uh, yeah, this I'm is, singing, yeah, <laughs> okay, here's Stevie Wonder, what, from Pedro Show.
Thank you very much, Petra. That was Petra Hayden, live at the Love Grotto here on Pleasure Point in Pedro, on the Watt from Pedro show. You know, improvised thing right here in the pad. (laughs) Thank you, Petra. Time flies when you're having fun. Before that, we had Miles Davis doing I Loves You, Porgy. And uh, Cat and Mouse from uh, Miss Murgatroyd. Before that, that's a duo uh, Petra did with, uh, what was her name? Alicia. Yeah, Alicia. Miss Murgatroyd. Something up in Olympia, right? Yeah. And we started with... uh, I am singing by Stevie Wonder. Nucleosia Suna Historia is part of the title too. Huh? <laughs> okay, coming the end of the first hour of the Watt from Pedro show, November eight, two thousand two edition. Hold tight for hour two. November eight, two thousand two. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. The 
Steve Perkins, quite a job he did there. All oh, them bong hits required a master's touch, and he had to take like eight or nine of them in a row, and quite the head rush. And George Hurley was on the drums. Perk also played the uh, steel drum. Petra sang and played violin, and I was on the bass. That was something we did for the Hempelation Number Two compilation a couple of years ago. Uh, we also got to play together for a Who song for a compilation that is not going to see the light of day, but I'm getting the tape and I'll get it released. We did a uh, cover of something off Quadrophenia, Helpless Dancer. And uh, George Hurley and Steve Perkins on trap drum sets. And me and Petra singing. You want to redo your singing though, right? Yeah, I was just thinking about that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. So that'll be more out of the same group of people there. Uh, now I'm happy to say we're going to do an installment of Brother Matt Spin Cycle, yeah. where um, Petra collaborates with Brother Matt cool. to bring you something. So here you go. go down the east side.
Thank you very much, Brother Matt. <laughs> Petra, that was great. Here's some um, Bikini Kill, Watt from Pedro Show.
Come on. 
What from Pedro Show? There's some Dolly Parton doing a Cat Stevens song. Peace Trance when you pick Petra. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Um, <laughs> well, she's another singer I admire, and um, I I heard this on the radio a while ago, and um, I went out and bought it because um, the melody is so it just I really really love it, and I I when I hear music I really really love I just want to do a cover of it right away, and I didn't get to yet but I will I plan to do a cover of the song sometime soon um you never heard it before you heard Dolly's no oh actually yes I have big when I was uh, yeah I I have heard that but not I mean for like not the way she did it yeah who who was singing with her she had like a chorus it was some African cats? The Af- this Black lady, black smith lady Mombazo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Brother Matt? <laughs> yeah, Tiger Sleeps Tonight. Oh, wow. Uh, they were the guys with uh, Paul Simon a few years ago. Okay. They got diamonds on the soles of their shoes. Wow. 
I know they dig a lot of diamonds up out of South Africa. It's cool. Some of the people digging them out get to wear them on the bottom yeah, of their feet. There's big parties out there in the middle of the desert, too. Like huge parties that last for days. Wow. Yeah, put up the big top tents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so much in the wilderness there. Before that, we had Meat and Potatoes by Fear. Give Me a Pig Foot from Bessie Smith. I love her voice. And it's intense. Too bad they didn't have recording techniques. Yeah. She'd blow out the mics. Bikini Kill, before that, with I Hate Danger. And, of course, that came out of the Spin Cycle, Brother Matt. Thank you very much. Cool, cool. Collaborate. Miss Petra. <laughs> yeah, fine. Penny Whistle singing. <laughs> Uh, playing the violin, beating on the violin. Yeah. This little thing from Thailand, what's that called? The little thing from Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One string. No, two strings. It's like a little coconut fiddle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trippy little thing. Okay, Petra, you pick this next um, uh, music here. <laughs> We're gonna play. Uh, it's not really music. It's a little uh, sound piece. Little sound piece, exactly from Laurel and Hardy. From uh, what is the movie called? Um, we'll just play it. Okay. What <laughs> from Pedro Show? See what that is. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning. Oh, let me see. Mm-hmm. Let me see your tongue. What's that? It's my own invention. The lung tester. 90 is normal. If you go above that, anything can happen. You hold this. Now, put this in your mouth. Yes, What seems to be the matter with me, Doctor? Just as I suspected, a severe case of hornophobia. Hornophobia? Yes, you're allergic to horns. In fact, you're on the verge of hornomania. <laughs> what you need is a complete rest, plenty of peace and quiet, and a strict diet of goat's milk. Do ghosts have milk? Not ghost. Goat! G-O-O-T! Goat! Now... Take a nice hot bath and relax. Well, where can I go to get some rest? Well, you could take a nice ocean voyage. Plenty of fresh sea air. I'll go for the bath, all right, but you'll not get me out on any ocean. Well, that's my advice. Take it or leave it. I don't give a continental. Remember, when you try to fool your doctor, you're only fooling yourself. Well, guess you'll have to take the doctor's advice. You heard what he said. If you don't, you're just fooling himself. You can talk from now until doomsday, but you're not going to get me out on the ocean. Hornomania or no hornomania. Say, you know what? I just thought of something. We don't have to go way out in the ocean to, to get sea air. What do you mean? Well, we can rent a boat, 
We can live on it and we don't even have to leave the dock. Get all the sea air we want. Going on the ocean, silly. Wouldn't that be fooling the doctor? Well, you can fool the doctor some of the time, but you can't fool the doctor part of the time because you'll only be fooling yourself all of the time. What do you think? That's exactly what we'll do. Good. Now you can take a nice hot bath and relapse, and the doctor won't have to give you a continental. Right. I didn't want to in the first place. You hit the nail right on the head. And, and while I'm taking my bath, you clean up this room. Okay. Hello? Hello, Mr. Laurel. Professor O'Brien is on his way up to give you your music lesson. Well, I'm glad of that. You know, he's been expecting me. Mm-hmm. Well, call again sometime. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. So Stan Laurel's gonna get his uh, music lesson. <laughs> we ran out of time there. Okay, coming out at the end of the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show, November 8, 2002 edition. Hold tight for the third and final hour. November 8, 2002. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show, and here's part 15 of the Fourth Tower of Inverness. It's nighttime in the old Victorian mansion. A clock strikes three. In the room where Jack sleeps, a panel slowly, silently slides open. In the still blackness of the night, two figures slip from the wall and cautiously creep toward the bed where sleepeth Jack. But when they arrive, Jack is not there. The bed is empty. They scratch their heads and return into the wall. Meanwhile, away off on the other side of the old mansion, somewhere in the walls, is Jack. He carries a 12-foot aluminum extension ladder. He stops before the mirror door. He opens the door, and there, only about four feet away, is a second mirror, a large oval mirror. A bluish-white light emanates from deep within. Jack steps back, then plunges headlong through the oval reflection and into the fourth tower of Inverness. Here I am, inside this big mother, same as before. There's the narrow ledge and the bottomless space in between and, and the clouds drifting below. And across the gap, there's the other ledge and steps leading up. So, so this ladder, extended across, should reach. Oh, it does. Good, good. Now to scamper across. That space really is bottomless. White clouds lazily drifting by. Blue skies beneath. And here it is supposed to be night. I don't understand this at all. Well, forward. There. Finally, I'm on the other side. I wonder if I should take the ladder with me. Good question. If I have to return in a hurry, at least I'll be able to clamber across. I'll leave it. Now let's see where these steps lead. Strange symbols painted on the walls. Hmm, torches are burning, lighting the way. I wonder if they're real. Ow! Ow! Yeah, they're real, all right. 
There's a door up ahead. The steps continue up. I'll take a peek through the door and then continue. This door looks like something out of medieval times. Amazing. It opens into a room that's... How is that possible? It's the living room of Inverness. But I've never seen this door before. The light is so strange. The floor seems to be tilted. No wonder it feels funny. It is tilted. Something's not right. It, it's as if every piece of furniture were alive in some way. I wonder if the other rooms are like this. Eerie, bluish-white light that undulates, as though breathing. It's as though the mansion were alive, breathing like a living creature. Or is it me? No, no, I, I'm okay. I'll check out the library. Whew. Those books. What is it? What, what a, a strange yellowish glow coming from within the bindings. But it, it's the feeling in this room that's really weird. There are books here I've never seen before. Some of these have yet to be published. Am I in the future? think so. It's something else. But what? What's going on? Jack removes a thin volume of poems from the shelf. But when he opens the book, the words slide from the pages and fall to the floor, shattering like tiny pieces of crystal. The pages become blank, empty, and his mind tumbles through space caught and directed by the author's mind, the creator's mind, caught in his inspiration, his hang-ups, his soul, and then finally, freed. <sighs> I think that's enough reading for one day. Boy, if the author has some points to be made, it's like, it's like crawling through barbed wire. He selects another slim volume, tucks it beneath his arm, and returns to the living room. This place ain't right, that's for sure. It's like stepping through a door and, and into a dream. It's a bit much to handle. My God, this place is in motion. We're floating through the air. Look at the windows. There's stars everywhere. This thing's floating out into space. Suddenly the room tilts. Jack drops to the floor and digs his fingers into the carpet as the room begins to spin. Slow at first, then faster and faster. The stars and planets whirl past the windows faster and faster until they become streaks of light, comets chasing their own tails. And then it slows. And then it stops. Jack cautiously crawls to the door from which he'd entered. He stands up, takes one last look at the living room. The brilliant stars went far off in space he sees someone sitting upon a prayer carpet, sailing through the stars. They do a quick loop-de-loop -loop around a small asteroid and continue on out of sight. Away!
Round we come.
Watt from Pedro Show. That was uh, Petra and Bill Frizzell, their new project, doing a Dave Grohl song, Floaty. Yeah, it's called Floaty. I used to play on... When our, the band I used to be in, That Dog, we went on tour with them, and um, they played that song really slow, and Dave asked me to play violin on the song live, and... Um, it ended up being my, one of my favorite songs, so like I want to like do songs that I really love, and that's one of them. So yeah, it's pretty. When I played with them, their first tour was with me uh, when I did that wrestling tour. Mm-hmm. Ninety-five, and I would hear them do that, but it was like a huge wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Torty force. Before um, that, we heard, I don't know the name of the song, it's that CD from that cat from Philly named Bert. Yeah, with the gun. (laughs) Yeah, look at this uh, CD cover, Petra. You know, kids give me music they make on uh, my tours and stuff on the show. And there's a guy with a Rambo headband on his shirt off he's got a plastic gun and he goes uh, what's it say song songs for Watt Watt's fucking tunes yeah Watt's fucking tunes what's it by me bitch by me bitch <laughs> so uh <laughs> oh my god it's really good all the tunes are pretty trippy before Bert like the, what's uh, that brother the, man the uh, conspiracy tune rock is that what he had uh no like the, the, the his was about he smelled something. He stretched it out in Photoshop or something because he's a little got a little more girth than maybe that is natural, huh? Here's your CD, Petra. Uh, before Bert, we had the Who doing "Glittering Girl," which is a bonus track off the CD of Sellout. Pet, when you get done with that, we got to play the whole thing. It's she played me a bunch on the phone last night. And, uh, I mean, that was a big record for me and Deep Boom when we were boys. And, you know, when, when it was uh, contemporary and we were younger. And uh, I know Pet didn't grow up with that stuff, so I just thought it would be a trip for her to interpret it, you know. And she's playing it for me on the phone last night. <laughs> kind of mono, but still, I could. Uh, it gave me weird sensations. And we start out the third hour with uh, part 15 of the fourth tower of Inverness. Jack is clearly losing his mind. The words fell off the page and cracked on the floor. Could you hear Chief Wampum at the end there? I guess he was the stagecoach driver. Okay. Here's the Watt for Pedro show. Here's some Clawhammer.
from Pedro show there's some old Pink Floyd Tilda Mother with some uh, commentary spiel I didn't realize that was going to happen I just got some a uh, bunch of stuff of them playing radio things and stuff why they still had Sid Barrett uh, before that Sun Ra with That's How I Feel loud Pedro sounds coming in through the sliding door there couldn't be a Friday without roaring by the pleasure point here, right, Brother Matt? Yeah. Uh, we started out with uh, Black Guy Blues by Clawhammer. John Wall, I flowed an email today about his views on the Rolling Stones and Clear Channel. Got a lot of feedback. <laughs> People love the Stones. <laughs> dig John's ideas there. That's all right, John. You can go to uh, johnwall.com. J-O-N-W-A-H-L W-A-H-L No, it's Wall Wall, but instead of two L's, H-L Next week while I was playing with the Eyes of Drift Cats uh, I did an interview with Chris Novoselich so next week's show I'll give you a spiel and it was the day after the elections (laughs) what a funny thing that was (laughs) 
So they got what they want. Let's see what they're going to do. Yeah. Hopefully the Constitution stays together. <laughs> and I'll be playing that next week. Uh, Petra, you've picked the next song here. Yes. Pat Metheny. Pat Metheny. Um, he's another f- favorite uh, musician of mine. I, I like uh, in high school, I would sit in my room and memorize all of his solos on my mandolin. And um, it's tuned just like a violin, so I could I pretended it was a guitar, and I would play like do 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 like, and just I just love his playing. So um, this is a record that or a song that I also would listen to over and over again um, on his record called Bright Size Life. Um, so it's called Unquitty Road. <laughs> problems with that title. <laughs> he's, made, he's from Missouri like your father. Yeah. And uh, they made records together. Uh-huh. Now, we should talk a little about your pop, Charlie Hayden, the bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he had an influence on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one of the biggest influences. He plays like the giant version of the Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Without a chin thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great player. I got some Nornette Coleman too. We'll play. Oh, good. Because he played with him in the '60s. Uh huh. In fact, I saw him a few summers ago when I was just getting well from that sickness. He played with them in New York City, out in the Battery Park at the Tip. Uh huh. Some outside gig. It was maybe Billy Higgins too. Maybe it was the old trio. Uh huh. Billy's now passed away, but. God, it was incredible. He played with you. He played with the Minutemen. Played with the Minutemen. That was more than a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, no, I was, was 12. Great. He did, um, no, like 17. Really? I thought well, you were 12. But it was like 17 years ago. There's your phone, brother, Matt. So, uh, the pleasure point's getting a ring ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh... He did Little Man with a Gun in his hand with us. I remember him coming up there, and we were playing pretty loud. We got really soft for him, though, in the middle part. Uh Uh-huh. He was playing. Such a neat man. That's kind of how I got together with Nels, because Nels was with the Liberation Orchestra. Uh Uh-huh. Playing guitar with him. And uh, so you've always had music people in your life. and uh, I don't know. Did you know Pat then? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's one way uh, you connect. Mm-hmm. Because for little girls, or little boys for that matter, that's a trippy kind of music just to fall into. Uh-huh. So definitely influence from your father, huh? Yeah, a lot. He's a. Would you call it fusion? I mean, what your father does isn't fusion. At no. All. But maybe what Pat does. Well, I, I think yeah, I think that's what. It is. I well, mean, what do you think of that whole idea of categories and labels? I I don't like it actually. Um, the, pe- when people ask me, well, how would you describe this, or what what kind of music is that, and sometimes I say fusion or um, or what's the other <laughs> word? It, there's another like like emo or um, yeah, we were talking about that. Before. Like I I don't. I just like music for what it is and how what Pat plays is um, 
I, it, okay, so it is a little like 94-7, the wave, a little bit, but I've always loved it. So yeah, There's a station here in L.A. that plays kind of music. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like and elevator music. Talks. There's no <laughs> DJ or anything. Right? And I've actually flipped through channels watching the Weather Channel, and I hear Pat Metheny. Like, oh, he's backing up the weather? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still really like it. Right. And uh, a couple of years ago, your father made a record. Well, like you were saying, he's made several records. Mm-hmm. But I remember this one, uh, Beyond Beyond Missouri, Missouri Sky. Sky. Yeah, it's that's a it's really slow and peaceful. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, much different than the Ornette days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like song X, like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like seeing him play when I was little holding my ears not because it was bad just because it was so loud and then every now and then my dad would play like these notes that I mean really stuck in my head that um, I could tell he he just I thought that he was in pain you know because his face was so it looked like he was in pain but he explained to me, he said, it's just, it's called feeling. I, I'm feeling the music, and that's, that's, what, that's why my face looks like that, is because it's, it's a feeling face. And I always thought it was because he, like, it was so loud or something. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments with my face <laughs> when I play. I've been told a few times I look like uh, some cat in a porn movie. <laughs> oh, no. Cornette <laughs> uh, and Charlie... Your pop made a really soft, pretty record, though, called Soap Suds. Uh-huh. Right? It's just a duet. Yeah. It's a really neat one. It's got a song on there called Mary Hart, but Mary Hart. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful record. This one I uh, brought is uh, The Shape of Jazz. Come. Really intense. It's with Billy on the drums, but with uh, Don Cherry, too. Mm-hmm. hmm Mm-hmm. We'll play some of that. But first, I want to play um, this tune you picked by Mr. Matheny. Unquity Road. Unquity Road. What from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Watt from Pedro Show. That's Dos with number three. Kira used to, uh, that's from the first record, and Kira used to always, uh, songs I would give her, she would give numbers for titles. So, uh, we're playing tomorrow at the Lady Fest. Petra with the Hayden sisters playing the night after. Too bad we couldn't play together. Damn. You tried, right? Yeah, I tried. And then the woman said, I said, well, we're, we're soft, we're acoustic. Dose is, Dose is quiet. And, and she said, Dose isn't quiet. Aren't they loud? <laughs> you shouldn't play together. <laughs> I was like, well, we could get pretty loud too. Come on! We're not that loud. We're just two little bits. I know. I don't know what she was thinking. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be part of the Lady Fest thing. I, me and Kara played at the first one in Olympia. Mm-hmm. And now I guess they're in different towns. This is Lady Fest L.A. And I like the idea of it. The girls helping each other out, and they let some boys, you know, too. So Girly like boys like me. And Conan. They were on television? Yeah. Yeah, wow. they were rocking. A little late night action. He's tall. Huh? <laughs> I could He's hear tall. him say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Sleater Kinney. <laughs> Sleater. <laughs> yeah, the talking head thing. Like people on the news, you know. You know they don't write any of that. Yeah, and they just think they got to start feeling funky about some of the stuff they're reporting too. They got to have some kind of conscience. Reporting, they're seem. reading papers. Are, are they <laughs> reporting? No, reporting is probably not the right one. Right, they're in the makeup room, getting all together for the <laughs> big visual, and with that uh, voice mm-hmm. that all news people have, like you're not to ha- allowed to have any kind of variety. It's a one sound, one inflection. Yeah, I guess the new trend is news babes, right? They dress these women up. No more Cronkite, (laughs) Brinkley, you know, saggy faces. You know, you got to have all this. I saw Tom Brokaw on um, the David Letterman show. Yeah, he's he's pretty neat. He he has a book now out. With a picture of him as a little boy in a, a baseball uniform, and his voice is very. Um, <laughs> I played baseball. <laughs> I, I played little league. Too. I had to do four years. It's shattering to the ego. <laughs> Navy housing because all our pops were in Vietnam, and so a couple pops, the older guys, we'd all have to share them. And like little league was one way. They were very afraid we wouldn't have enough. Role models and end up girly men like I did anyway. <laughs> so much plan. But uh, here you're playing against your friends and stuff, and that wasn't as bad as like when your pop was off. My pop wasn't that bad. He'd whistle and holler and stuff. But some guys' pops were terrible. Like you know, if you clammed or something, they'd be yelling all these bad things. <laughs> and shoot, I've been. Uh, reading stuff in the paper these days I mean that was in the early 70s late 60s but these guys killing each other right some hockey game this guy's pop beat up yeah. and can beat a guy to death another guy's pop what's that about what are you teaching them so 
I used to wonder Navy Housen where all the girls were. I don't know what they had for them. I never saw any of them. Everything was oriented towards guys who were really worried about us have, not having our pops. If they were really worried about it, they would have stopped the war and brought them home. <laughs> Too simple. Too easy. The CB field? CB field, which is all weeds now, right? And they use the Navy housing now as like a SWAT training thing. I guess Mary Star wants yeah, to get ready for the urban uh, to take over. Yeah. Black helicopters. Um, we're there. We're at we're Perkney and there. Petra, I really want to thank you for coming. Oh, my and pleasure. Truly, yeah, thanks. And much luck with all your things. Thank uh, you. This project with Bill Frizzell and stuff. And, uh, and the Hayden sisters. Hayden sisters, and of course, uh, finishing up the sellout. Can't wait for that. We're going to play the whole thing on the show here when you get done. And everything music for you. And you're going to be moving out of Orange County? Yeah. <laughs> She's been in Orange County for a few years now. <laughs> In fact, I hardly seen you in the last couple of years. Yeah. Because so, pet don't drive. <laughs> and in a pad like L.A. or Orange County, hard to get around. But she's going to be more in the picture. You had that horrible accident. So I'm yeah. glad you made it back. Somebody hit her in a crosswalk. Terrible Venice, right? No, I'm really never going to drive. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> So anyway, thank you again for being on Watt from Pedro Show. Brother Matt, thank you for your cool. assist, essential assistance. Cool. And uh, we'll see you next time. This is November 8, 2002 version of Watt from Pedro Show. All done. So keep your powder dry. <laughs>